podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Trey Strolko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome in to Around the Kingdom. Hello, Elo. Trace, it's football week. The season is here and uh, coming up here in the next half hour. We're going to break down UCF football 2023. What do we, how many wins we think it's going to be? Are we optimistic or pessimistic? Let's stay tuned and find out. Take it to the bank. These are the definitive predictions before we get into all of that game by game breakdown. Let's welcome in the third member of this team, Adam Eaton from the Sons of UCF. Keeping time, keeping us on our toes, keeping track of things. Hello, Adam. Gentlemen, I'm really excited. We got a game this week. We got UCF football topics. You guys are going to yell and scream at. We got game predictions and we got a hurricane. Everything is exactly as it should be right now. <laughs> and a hurricane. Thank you, know. Adam. We'll check back with you in a few. All right, Elo. Opening night Thursday. Fingers crossed that weather cooperates. Nights on uh, Monday, we learned that the uh, uh, the depth chart, Coach Malzahn dropping that. What surprised you? Anything about the depth chart? And uh, what are you feeling going into this Kent State game? I don't think anything, you know, earth shattering uh, jumped out from the depth chart. Uh, you know, we knew there were some battles going on. I mean, I think going into Kent State, I would hope if they, you know, they play a lot of the players on the roster. And I, even Gus Malzahn said in his Monday media availability, this thing is fluid. I think you'll see a lot of guys play. I think you'll see changes throughout the season. Uh, I try not to read too much into depth charts because a lot of times coaches might have certain ideas for certain plays, certain packages. So, uh, you know, I, it, it was interesting to see some new faces, especially in the line I thought was interesting offensive line. Some, I think, I know you mentioned that you were caught off guard a little bit. You asked him about that when you were there at the media availability about some of the, in the offensive line starters. Well, look at the number of transfers, right? I mean, there was a three-person battle at center, and they go with Stanford transfer Drake Metcalf, which wasn't the biggest surprise, but they feel they have another talented guy on Bullish Schmidt who transferred in from Fresno State, so they're going to put him at left guard. Transfers, the name of the game, mostly a uh, veteran-driven roster. I think you said it. Let's see what happens between game one. They go on the road to Boise. I still think, though, even though it's not sold out officially, whether or not withstanding, Kent State comes to town, the appropriate opponent to open your season so you have opportunity to test things, figure things out, make some changes as needed. Agreed. Oh, and by the way, it's worth noting to the audience, we're recording this Monday night, so depending on when you're watching this, uh, you know, who knows what the state of the football game, if it's still Thursday night or not, and what the weather will be like in that game. Really, I mean, we think this is going to be a run first team anyway, and I think the weather might – you might see a lot more of that depending on what the weather is like. But, again, that's very speculative stuff. But, overall, I it, I will say this. And listening to Gus talk, and, again, it could be just coach talk. You don't want to overreact to it. He did, he feels pretty good about the depth, right? He's talked about that even all, you know, fall camp. They get as many players in this game. So they need to dominate, take care of the ball, put this game away early so you get a lot of guys' experience because you're not going to be able to do that the following week at Boise. No, and, you know, we're as we record, we're watching the storm uh, and uh, all of that. But, you know, they don't really have that many days that they could postpone the game because they've got travel to Boise, especially 
the equipment truck needs to make that long trek across country. So I'm not sure there's cushion in that schedule. I think they will play. What I am curious about is how long do we see starter like John Rice Plumley in this game before others are given the opportunity to get some meaningful reps in game action. Partly how much does he run or hopefully doesn't run too much. Don't want to see him carry the ball a lot. If they, if he does, that's a bad sign. Interesting. Of course, McLean, Timmy McLean is the backup quarterback. He won that backup <gasps> job. And I thought it was interesting. Gus going out of his way to talk about Dylan. So. We'll see how it goes. Opening day, fingers crossed. Now, of course, there's some optimism, Trace, from ESPN. I thought ESPN hated UCF, Trace. Didn't you used to say this all the time, that ESPN hated UCF, the little guy? You were, you were always trashing them. Ah, they are pleasing, Trace. Are you buying the optimism from the ESPN predictor? Remember, they didn't like ESPN or UCF before the brand improved and became more valuable to the TV uh, networks oh. and to the leagues. Yeah. Then they fell in love more with UCF. ESPN predictor, Elo. I don't know. They run this through computers and there's percentages and they've, they've got nine and three. We're going to go game by game in just a moment, including the opener at Kent State coming up on Thursday. But on that one, 94% probability that UCF wins against Kent State. That's not the best one, though. Villanova at 95.7% uh, and uh, en route to 9-3. and three. Not a lot of uh, optimism on the part of computers with UCF traveling to uh, Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. Uh, Knights not favored in those games. I think, and we're going to go game by game. I have no idea how you're predicting, but I think very optimistic on the part of the computers being utilized by ESPN for this. Oh, wow, you're blaming the computers now? Oh, boy. Red Raider Trace, by the way. I wonder what he's going to pick in the Texas Tech UCF game. I hope you have a Texas Tech flag somewhere in the back. I can't see it. Look, if this bring, things break right, why can't UCF win nine games? I will say this. For them to get to nine wins, the Boise State game is a must, right? They got to go 3-0 and in non-conference, build that momentum, build that confidence going into Manhattan against Kansas State and then the home open and the Big 12 home opener against Baylor. I don't see a path to nine wins if they lose the Boise State game. And I, I keep harping on that, Trace. I do think that's a big game. Remember last year, the Louisville game and how they lost that game? I think that kind of started that kind of negativity vibe the rest of the year. I don't, you know, if they win that Louisville game, maybe there's a little more positivity around the confidence. Maybe it's a different season, a game or two. We talk about games being decided by one possession. I really do think Boise's a must win if they can get to nine, but I don't think it's the craziest prediction at all, uh, at all with UCF. I, I, the Big 12, while it's a tougher league, I think it's very manageable compared to the Big 10 where you have to deal with Ohio State and the Michigans or the SECs or Alabama and Georgia. We have no chance. So, we saw it with TCU last year, Trace. You know, so if, if it breaks right, maybe. 59.9% probability that UCF wins on the road at Boise State. So computers thinking that the Knights will win. I would imagine, though, that much like Gus Malzahn has talked about, a lot of last possession games 
this might be one of those on the road at Boise. All right, Elo, before we begin breaking down these games, I want to rattle off some numbers to you. See if you can play a little Jeopardy here, okay? Uh, what is three, three, two, five, six, five, four, five, four, 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 four? Is that like your lottery numbers you're going to play this weekend? What are you doing? In Gus Melzahn's 12 seasons, that's the number of games his teams have lost. That totals 49 divided by 12. That's four, Elo. Four. I say on this schedule, Gus is good for four losses wow. right off the bat. Thwarting the ESPN predictor, most of his seasons have had four losses as head coach. Dear, are you banking it out? Now, it's worth mentioning a lot of those seasons. I'm were just saying the right SEC. off the top. I'm just saying right off the top, there's four. I just think there's four, four right off the top. Yeah. There was a year right, he let's... played for the national title game. Yeah, well, that's back on the two, I think, when he had the two losses. All right, let's 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 get into this, Elo. Kent State, which our friends at ESPN predict, 94% uh, UCF is going to win that game, which, by the way, doesn't that seem a little bit low considering Kent State as a, a new head coach and a wholesale changes on well, both maybe sides the five percent is the, maybe the five percent they're taking in the weather forecast and thinking maybe it doesn't get played. Maybe that's the... all right. How do you feel about this one? Who knows? Do they cover the spread? Thirty-three. UCF's got to win. Woo! Check out. Get make sure you sign up for Pull Tracker. By the way, Sons of UCF Live. Adam will have more on that later on the show. Uh, Thirty-three is a lot. I need to know what the weather's like, but I will say. I would say yes, they cover barely. But I wouldn't, I, I would stay away from it. All right. Obviously, a slam dunk win. Most important thing get out of it healthy, have no injuries. Most important thing. And, uh, you know, really, when you look at 33, 34 points, it's, that's a touchdown or more, uh, you know, a little bit more than a touchdown or so, a quarter, and then you're going to win by that. I, I went back and forth on this one. I actually think UCF is, is going to cover this i think they're going to win going away i'm not even sure kent state's going to score Woo! i like that confidence all right from there they go to boise state trace what do you got there you're going to make the trip up there to boise idaho i think this is a big game boise one of the favorite in the mountain west blue turf i say not poppycock to the blue turf i say ucf wins this game i think they need to win this game like i've mentioned many a times if they want to have a great season I think they do. I think they win by a touchdown. This is one that the predictors got him winning with a 59.9% uh, uh, probability. I agree with you. I think, right, you win this game, you come back home, you win Villanova. You're 3-0 and to start the season. You just have to go 3-6. and six. That doesn't mean, UCF Mike, that I'm predicting that they go 6-6 six and six or that six wins is satisfying. I'm just saying that getting to a bowl game is an important thing. And I think that's why this one's important. I want them to bank as many wins as they can so when they get in the rough and tumble, maybe that depth gets worn down. You mentioned depth earlier, but Gus Malzahn said depth on paper, the most depth that he's had since he's been here. But depth can get worn down too, right, over the course of the season, especially when you're playing uh, in the Big 12, especially on the lines. This is a big game for Boise. They open up with Washington, which is interesting, right? Do you want to see him beat Washington? which may show you a little bit of their strength. Uh, and then maybe there's a little letdown or are they scrapping? Then they have to win over UCF. It's a much different game now than it was when UCF scheduled this because UCF's in the big 12. I don't know that I think it's a must 
win, but I think it's important to the season. I think they can win. I think they will win uh, at Boise. Hey, boy, 2-0. We're both on the same page. I'm assuming we're going to take care of Villanova here. I don't think we need to spend much time on Villanova. I mean, we've already chewed out the clock here. Yeah, well, we may we may blow out the clock <laughs> on that one. Villanova, yeah, that'll be a win. 3-0 at Kansas State now. At Kansas State. I think that's a loss. I think there will be bad weather in that game. You're going to get soaked, Trace. That's my prediction. <laughs> wow. Uh, I 40.2% ESPN probability of a UCF victory. This is the UCF loss on the road at Kansas State. Knights fall to 3-1. and one. And then they welcome in Baylor uh, in the Big 12 opener, uh, a rematch of that uh, 2013 season, right. 2014 Fiesta Bowl. UCF wins. R.J. Harvey plays the role of Storm Johnson. And uh, they beat Baylor in a shootout, win the home Big 12 opener. Loss, Elo. Loss to Baylor. Baylor is being underestimated. Baylor is going to bounce back uh, this season. That is a loss. Remember, Knights had two losses at home last year. While they have been strong the last five, they're not invincible. We're blowing out the time on this one. We're not even halfway through the schedule, Elo. Continue on. Baylor with a loss. Knights first loss at home. I can't believe that. Unbelievable. But that's straight stroke on that prediction. All right, let's quickly go through the rest of the slate here. Uh, what else? You, you're going to go Kansas at Kansas? We wanna, what, next win. A win at win? Kansas. Oh, thank you. Yes. We better win there. Like, we're not going to win in basketball there. Uh, anytime soon down the road, probably. Uh, so that's a win. Okay. What's the next game? Go ahead. You go at Oklahoma. At Ooh. Oklahoma. That's a loss. That's a loss. Would you, I, would you agree if you see if this is a win that would really, really a lot of people would enjoy, wouldn't it? With Gabriel and the whole story. Very line. much so, assuming Dylan Gabriel is the quarterback at that point in the season. Wow. Uh, would be very satisfying win, but I think that's a very tough venue for UCF to get I'll a go win. loss. I'll go loss. close loss. Yeah. I'll go West loss. Virginia back home. That is a win for the Knights. I agree. That's a win. At Cincinnati, I think that's a tight game on the road, but I think that is a night victory. I agree. No look fickle there at Cincinnati anymore. Knights win on the road at Cincinnati. Oklahoma State comes to town. Elo, ready? Hold on. That's a loss. A no. loss to the Cowboys. Well, you got to win in every home game. You got to win in every home game. We're not losing in the space game jerseys. Come on. Loss. No way. We're winning. Winning. This is a this is a definite loss at Texas Tech, a meltdown in Lubbock. That one to me is a given. We better come up with some bet if UCF beats Texas Tech. You got to do something. <laughs> Maybe hit like eat a hot tortilla on the show or something. Um, where is this team physically at that point? We'll tell the story there. That's a tricky game. I'm not saying that's a guaranteed loss, but I, I do think they lose. And then Houston at home. That is a win. That's my guaranteed conference lock win. If you tell me, give me a lock win against Houston last home game. All right, how many wins you got now? I got seven and five. I've got three and three on the road under Gus Malzahn. This is an average team on the road. Losses to Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. And I don't think they go undefeated at home. I think seven and five, maybe eight and four if they get one of those games, Baylor or Oklahoma State at home. We're, I'm going eight and four, baby. We're going Pop-Tarts, Trace. Pop-Tart Bowl, Orlando. Book it. You and I will have some Pop-Tarts in the media there with our good friends, Brandon <laughs> Helwig and Kyle Nash. It'll be a great festivities. All right, Elo. But 
eight and four, does that make him a dark horse? This you pointed out, you watched game day on Saturday, right? I did, college game day, which aired a little bit after the Formula One. Desmond Howard, of all people, picking UCF as a dark horse to perhaps compete for the Big 12 title, Trace. Your thoughts on Desmond Howard on the UCF bandwagon? You seen it? I think it's good that he's on the UCF bandwagon. I do not consider UCF a dark horse to be in that Big 12 title game. So, no, because I got him 7-5, and right? I don't think they're going to be in that title game. I think they are a dark horse. They're kind of like the TCU of last year. And I got them going eight and four, but there's a couple games that it could be swung. They could be right there in the Big 12 title game before you know it. That's the thing, how small this margin is between the eight and four and 10 and two could be a couple of plays. So I I think if you look at the teams that were picked very low in the Big 12, certainly of the new members, UCF has the best chance to make noise over BYU, Cincinnati, Houston. I think you would agree with that. And if things break right, I think it could be a nine-win, a ten-win team if it breaks right. But I got him going eight. But I don't think it's a crazy uh, prediction from a Desmond Howard to say they're a dark horse. Well, that's going to require what, Elo? They're, that they hold court at home. And then in order to be that, they're going to have to win some of those tough road games. And, and again, I just don't know that, that under Gus Malzahn that this team has looked particularly strong on the road. I just think that the step up in competition, the Knights are talented – the depth is there on paper going into the season. Veteran lineup, yeah, things got to break their way, but what did Gus say at the outset of camp? That they've got to win those close games, those one-possession games late in the fourth quarter. That'll be something to watch because uh, UCF's certainly not going to win blowouts like Kent State and Villanova every week. No, they won't. It's going to be down to execution. We'll see what happens, but I'll be optimistic. All right, so we'll see what happens. That's why they play the game. All right, bring it back in, Adam. Time for a little silly game. Yeah, so I didn't. I wasn't sure if you guys knew what that boom meant, uh, based on the uh, the other yeah, segments. We, but we before, ignored the time. We you certainly did, Trace. But before <laughs> I get to the silly segment, uh, exciting news: the, uh, the Around the Kingdom program now sponsored by the Sultry Spirit. Sultry Spirit is a, a proprietorship owned by Miles, who's UCF alum. What is the Sultry Spirit, you ask? I'm glad you asked that, Trace. It's a mobile bartending service for all your needs, whether it's a wedding, corporate event, party, tailgate. Their bartenders will shake up the perfect drinks to keep the good times flowing. They can take uh, anything and make a creative twist out of your classic cocktails, making every sip an unforgettable experience. Here's what you need to do. Follow the Sultry Spirit on Instagram for cocktail recipes. You get bartending knowledge, tips, and tricks. And for a limited time only, don't tell anybody this, by the way, limited time only, the Sultry Spirit on Instagram or at the phone number 941-567-7062. If you tell them you heard about them from the Sons of UCF, they're going to give you 10% off as well as a special gift for your next event. That's right, 10% off if you tell them you heard about them through the Sons of UCF. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Everybody wants good drinks at the party. Sultry Spirit can take care of you again. 941-567-7062 or at the Sultry Spirit on Instagram. Cheers to a night of unforgettable moments with the Sultry Spirit, friends. Make sure you. What's you, their uh, Jello shot situation, Adam? Is, uh, is I'm gonna get back on that. I'm gonna get back to you on that. I'd, I'd say strong to quite strong, from what I understand. Creative twist on classic cocktails, Trace. That sounds Ooh. like right up your alley. I like it. All right, let's get to silly game time. This is really uh, a silly game of, of you get to choose, right? I give you two options, and you find gentlemen get to choose which option you want to go with. Here's the first one for you. Depth charts were released today, as you as you mentioned. What was the bigger surprise on today's depth chart release? One, no Corey Gamage listed on the two deep. 
or two, DeCorian Patterson not listed as a starter. Eric, I'll start with you. Bigger surprise on the depth chart. Uh, no gamut on the two deep chart. I thought he would have a break, could be a breakout candidate at the whiteout, you know, right there with Baker and, and, and company there. I'm surprised. Uh, I thought he could be a guy that could be making some noise. And look, it's just one depth chart. But that one clearly surprised me the most of the two. Right, we'll go with the opposite on that to Corian Patterson. He was uh, touted on at least one NFL draft board as being a, a top round pick. So uh, surprised, but he's listed in the or category and they're going with veteran there, Brandon Adams. So I think we'll see DeCorian Patterson. Is he veteran though? DeCorian Patterson's a fifth year senior. Brandon Adams is a junior. DeCorian's actually had more playing time and he's behind both Adams and Corey Thornton. I have to go with you on this one, Trace. I was more surprised by that, although you people don't let me talk on the show and give you my opinion. But my opinion is this to Corey and Patterson. Here's the next one. We saw a couple of true freshmen listed on the two deep. Who do you think will have a bigger impact this year? John Walker, a defensive tackle, or Braden Marshall, who is listed as the backup to the star position this year, Trace? Who do you think will have the bigger impact as a freshman? John Walker or Braden Marshall? Braden Marshall. Uh, I think all the talk will be of John Walker, but uh, Braden Marshall's been a guy who's been mentioned throughout camp. Uh, I look for him to have a good season. Not so fast, Trace. It's a legendary uh, college game day host and former football coach would say, it's Mr. Walker. How much have we heard about Walker since he's arrived? And what position have we focused on for UCF to compete at the next level in the Big 12? Defensive line and defensive tackle. I think Walker's going to have a big, big and statement here and have an impact on this defensive line because I think they're going to throw a lot of bodies there. You have to. You can't just throw the same guys there. I think Walker's clear the big impact. Right, only because I want to make Trace nervous, Eric, and have him looking at the clock the rest of the show. I got one more for you. I'm going to go over under here. Ready? Over under. I want to know the announced attendance for the game on Thursday versus Kent State. Over under. I'm going to set the number at 42,000. Eric, you want to take the over or the under? I'll go under. How much under? By 2,000. I'll say 40. All right. Trace, 42K, over or under for attendance? Elo is underestimating that massive Kent State turnout. They're all coming down to watch the game. Going to go over because UCF likes to be creative with their announcement. 42, 511, though it may not really look like that. Of course, wow. this is all depending on the weather. Can they you trace will be in the press box? Can you count every seat so you can give us the act the number for us and get back to us on that? <laughs> I will be able to count every Kent State fan in their visiting section. <laughs> That's not nice. do that for you. <laughs> I can't wait to watch you count the final eight minutes of the show and how you're gonna squeeze it all in, Trace. Elo, let's talk offensive MVP non-quarterback. We're gonna be quick. Who's your offensive MVP? RJ Harvey. This team's gonna go with the running game. Uh, I think Harvey will be the main ball carrier, although you'll see other guys in there. It's a good combination, but I'm going to R.J. Harvey. I think that's the obvious one. I really like Xavier Townsend. I asked Coach Malzahn about that during the Monday media availability about him. Uh, he's going to be in the return game as well as earning one of the wide receiver slots. I know that's very challenging for uh, the wide receiver position to, to emerge as MVP, but I think what he does on special teams as well is going to earn him that. Uh, and of course, uh, the uh, Sons of UCF, through their annual uh, vote of fans uh, on the Sunny Awards, overwhelming there. R.J. Harvey, the winner in that particular uh, category, offensive MVP, Elo. So backing you up. 
All right. Well, they uh, they had Jason Johnson as their winner for defensive MVP. Trace, do you agree with the people on the Sunnies? I do not agree with the people. Wow. I am going with a guy I've been interested in hearing about all camp. Talked about again during the Monday media availability. Defensive tackle Lee Hunter. Uh, they've been raving about him, that he's got another gear, uh, 6'4", 320, a young guy, ready to make his mark, ready to be a big part of that defensive line. So put me down for Lee Hunter. It's a little bit of a dark horse, a defensive MVP. We're thinking the same position, but different guy. I got Selassar. I think he'll lead the team in sacks. That's my bold pick there. See how that goes. He, I think he'll have a breakout year, and I think he has to for them to be successful on the defensive line to protect the young second there. So I go with Selassar. All right. Big weekend opening uh, series for uh, volleyball, a sweep up in the Albany Classic. Men's soccer gets a big win over a top uh, 10 ranked Clemson team on the road. Uh, women's soccer, the heartbreaker at Georgia. What's your biggest takeaway from these sports on opening uh, series of the, you know, the weekend games? Men's soccer with the big win over Clemson, who is the favorites in the ACC, which is the toughest conference in men's soccer. That's a college cup contender. Some people think Clemson could be a national title contender. That's a big win for Calabrese and company. They fell behind early on PKs, came uh, 25 seconds in, came back and won that, followed it up with a win over Stetson. That's huge for them. They're in a new league in the Sun Belt. How will people kind of casual fans follow them in the Sun Belt? Uh, I think that's a huge win for them. I think it's the biggest regular season win in UCF men's soccer history, actually. I really do believe that. Now, they've had bigger wins in postseason, but I think that's the biggest win. I think UCF, you know, Munoz, second-year goalkeeper, they have, you know, they're trying to find that next great goalie after Yannick Erdl. They make Munoz, if he can play well, I know you've questioned their defense, but so far, so good. You know they're going to score goals. Men's soccer is my big takeaway. Yeah, I think that's the obvious big takeaway, but got to go back to the other game of that night, uh, women's soccer. Let's go of the lead, one nothing, and just a heartbreaking fashion gives up a late goal at Georgia. I don't know that that's a telling game for their entire season, but oh so close. You got to finish that one out, especially after getting the road win at Purdue the week before. Thankfully, though, they bounce back in a Sunday win in their home opener to move to two and one. But that's one. The big takeaway there is got to close out, especially on the road. This is a, you know, big time soccer now, Big 12 versus SEC, and you got to win that matchup on the road. So that's my big takeaway. All right, let us bring back in Adam. Adam, oh, give us some facts. Give us some corrections. What do we get right? What do we get wrong? All right, not too many corrections. Here's some fun facts to you, though. You mentioned the trip for the equipment truck. Boise to Orlando, according to TravelMath.com. A smooth 37 hours and 29 minutes. Ooh. Via car ride. So good luck to our friends on the so That's in a car. Class. That's not in a big rig. That's, that's whatever you want to do with that, Trace. <laughs> that's still a long time on the way to Boise, although I hear the highways are beautiful. You mentioned Gus Malzahn and his, his record. Uh, fun fact, his, his lowest seasons for losses were his first two years. He had three in his first season at Arkansas State, two in his next year at, at Auburn. Ever since then, uh, the three, four, five, six loss variety has been there. Although, Gus, 94 and 47 all-time record as a head coach. And as much as I appreciate being shouted out on college game day, it came from one Desmond Howard, who I'd like to remind everybody, had these four teams as last year's Final Four <laughs> playoff teams in college football. Texas A&M, Pittsburgh, Baylor, and Michigan. So maybe tread lightly thinking anything of substance with Desmond Howard comments. 
Has he named his four for this season? I wasn't able to watch game day on Saturday. He did. He went chalk. He basically went chalk this year. I think he has Michigan winning it all. Surprise, surprise. He went to Michigan. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't see Michigan uh, winning. Trace, are you going to be on that ride? Are you going to be on that bus on that ride with UCF to Boise, that 37-hour drive? Are they, are they hooking you up? Can we get a sponsorship? No. I'd love content for 37 hours of Trace on the on the on the truck. We need a sponsor for that. Sultry Spirit, where are you at? We need a sponsor. Get Trace on the truck to Boise. Sultry Spirit, do they do they accompany you on that? I imagine they'll accompany anybody anywhere if they're willing to pay. You're gonna need that for 37 hours to Boise. Yes. Uh, we thank Sultry Spirit for coming on. By the way, I like that name, Adam, and and your delivery uh, of it. So thank you. Yeah, welcome aboard to uh, to the sultry spirit. Uh, before we get out of here, Adam, Elo, one more thing, UCF football. Elo, I know this is something you pay attention to. We haven't said this many times through the years. For football against Kent State on FS1. Not many times right. that those games have been on FS1 through the years. Last time UCF was on FS1, you and I, Trace, were in Maryland when UCF beat Maryland in 2017. Part of that undefeated season. So the, they'll be on FS1 the first two weeks of the season. Eric Collins will be calling the game with former Michigan quarterback. Speaking of Michigan, Devin Gardner will be on the call for that game. Eric Collins just finished calling softball. So we got some softball ties there. But FS1, 730. Uh, get used to it, folks. Find it on your cable systems. Uh, the first two weeks, UCF will be on it. But if we want to find you, Eric Lopez, the voice of not only UCF softball, but emerging last season as the voice of UCF volleyball, we're going to have to go to the plus ESPN plus. You've got all of them coming up as the night's open at home in the venue. Try right, UCF volleyball three, and zero on the Jenny Maurer era. They'll be their home openers. They'll play FIU, Mississippi state, Wake Forest, Alabama state, all at the venue this weekend, uh, Thursday through Sunday. I'll have Aaron Campbell with me on the call. Check it out on ESPN plus check your, Local listings for the start times of those. Friday night, Saturday night, big matches with Mississippi State Wake Forest. Should be a lot of fun. All right. Good luck on that, Elo. Enjoy the football game. Fingers crossed. Everyone be safe out there with the uh, storms approaching. And look for new episodes midweek every week on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. I want to thank you, Adam, and thank you, Eric Lopez. I'm Trey Strelko. Thank you for being with us for Around the Kingdom. Podcast Network.